0: Today we're continuing this series on the way of Jesus and today Jesus reveals and he certainly does because today as you've just heard read we're looking at the transfiguration when Peter, James, and John were taken up on that mountainside and saw Jesus revealed in glory. What an amazing event that was. It's hard to picture it. This is one artist's rendition. Carl Bloch, a Danish artist, painted it 150 years ago. Uh, it gives us a little peek into what it must have been like. Oh, Today we have the privilege to go there. Today we have the privilege to squeeze in between James and John and Peter and see a bit of what they saw. Now, what if you had been there? What if it were last week? How would today be different? Hold on to that question and keep thinking about it as we move through this story today. The first thing you might notice is that Jesus does this on the quiet. We read that he took with him Peter and James and John And led them up a high mountain by themselves, just the three of them, not the twelve, not a wider group of followers, not a public event, just the three of them. And then after it was over, on the way down the mountain, we read that he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Jesus didn't want them to talk about the most amazing thing they'd ever seen. Now, note this. This was not the only time Jesus said, Don't say anything. There were many occasions when he had healed a leper, when he raised the little girl from the dead, many others, when he told the group that was there, Don't tell anyone about this. Now, why would he do that why would he want them to keep quiet about this the answer is pretty simple he had a mission and the mission meant going to the cross where he would give his life for the sins of the world give his life for you and me and nothing could be allowed to get in the way And it was so easy for people to get wrapped up in these displays of glory. In fact, at one point, they wanted to make him king by force if necessary. So Jesus bent over backwards to tell people, be quiet about this. The day will come when you can talk about it, but not yet. Because I need to go to the cross. You see, the cross looms over everything we read about the life of Jesus. That's always where he is headed. That's his mission on coming into our world. Now, having said that, let's go into this event. It was amazing. and Words fail just like pictures fail to really grasp it. Mark says simply that he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. Now, does it seem a little strange to talk about bleach? <laughs> yeah, Mark is grasping for words to try to get across the glory of this this, this revealing. Oh all of the gospel writers uh, that describe this event uh, reach for for words to try to get this through to us. Luke says that his clothing became dazzling white and his the appearance of his face was altered. Matthew says that his clothes became white as light and Jesus face shone like the sun. God was breaking in in glory. It was like God was opening a window and they were having the privilege to see into the heavenly places. Yes, this is the same thing you see in the book of Revelation, chapter one. Perhaps you remember this. The author sees Jesus and this is how he describes Jesus. The hairs of his head were white like white wool like snow his eyes were like a flame of fire his feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace and his face was like the sun shining in full strength Ah, what their eyes were beholding now again what if you had been there what if this had happened last week and you were there How would today be different? Mm. Now, these three disciples, they found themselves inside the middle of a Bible story, one they'd known all their lives. Story about Moses when he went up on Mount Sinai and met God. Yes, Moses went up a high mountain, and so did these three disciples. And on that high mountain, Moses met God. And Moses' face was so affected by the glory of God that his face began to glow. It glowed so brightly it scared people, and he had had to wear a veil. Well, That was the story that they knew about, but the story they found themselves in, they weren't looking at reflected glory. They were looking at the glory of God himself as Jesus shone like the sun. Yes, they were up on a high mountain. Moses and Elijah were there, two people they knew so well from all the stories they have heard from their their rabbis and their parents the great giver of the law, the great leader of the people, Elijah, the great prophet who had had his mountaintop experience in his battle with the prophets of Baal. Yes, and a cloud came down too. They knew about this cloud. The cloud is often called the cloud of Shekinah glory. Maybe you've you've heard that term. Shekinah isn't actually a term that's in the Bible, but it's a term that's been used for, for millennia by the rabbis to describe God's glory dwelling among the people and showing up in the presence of this cloud. The cloud on the mountaintop, the cloud that led the people through the wilderness, the cloud that filled the temple and now this shekinah glory cloud fell upon these three disciples so please don't think of a a misty fog this is god's shekinah glory and out of the cloud god speaks just as he spoke to moses but when he spoke to moses he gave him laws for the people what did god say to This time when he spoke, you know the words, he said, this is my beloved son. If those words sound familiar, they should. They are the words that uh, God spoke to Jesus at his baptism. You are my beloved son. Now he proclaims it to Peter, James and John and to us. This, this glorious one, this one is my beloved son wow what if you had been there what if it had happened last week how would today be different did the disciples get it did peter james and john understand what was going on yeah they did you see it in The question they ask as they're coming down the mountain. They say to Jesus, why do teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Now that might sound like an obscure question, a little off the beam, but it comes directly out of their knowledge of the prophet Malachi, who said that before the great day of the Lord, when God came in judgment and when God came in salvation, when God's Messiah came. Before God broke in, he would send Elijah. Well, they've just seen God break in. What more could this be but the day of the Lord? So why haven't we seen Elijah? That was their question. Yes, they got it. They got it so well, they were trying to sort out everything else in light of what they now had seen. Many years later, Peter would look back on this day, maybe you know this passage from his second letter, and he reflects on the wonder of what they saw. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty, Peter writes. He received honor and glory from God the Father, when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Oh yes, the rest of their lives they remembered this day when they saw the glory of God. What if this had happened last week and you were there? Now, Jesus did respond to their question. He said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things. And we find in the other gospel accounts that he explained it clearly enough that they understood he was referring to John the Baptist. But then he took them to a more important question, a question he had for them. He said, how is it written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? You see, their thoughts are wrapped up in the glory they have just seen, and Jesus wants to direct their thoughts to the cross. And so he causes them to think about the writing that they also knew the writing that said, uh, spoke of this suffering, that spoke of the Son of Man being, being treated with contempt. And you know the various Old Testament prophecies of, that would, would be fulfilled in the cross. How is it that this can be? Yes, the two stand side by side. Jesus revealed in his glory and the Jesus of the cross. This is the way of Jesus, revealing himself as the God of glory and as the God of the cross. I've asked you several times, what if this happened last week and you were there? But what do we do right now when we find ourselves in the presence of this Jesus The way of Jesus is to reveal himself to us. What is the way of Jesus for us? Well, that's where Peter's story comes in. And, you know, so many people love Peter as their favorite disciple because he's just always getting himself in a little trouble by acting without thinking. And this story is no exception. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, this wasn't the result of a careful thought about how to handle the situation. In fact, Mark gives us a little parenthetical expression. He didn't know what to say. They were so frightened. And Peter's just knee-jerk reaction to everything was to act and speak. But God had something else in mind, didn't he? Yeah. And it's against that background of Peter wanting to instantly speak and act that God settles things. This is when the cloud settles over them, covers them. This is when the voice comes from that cloud and says, this is my son whom I love. But he doesn't stop there, does he? What else does he say? This is my son whom I love. Worship him. That would be good. It would make sense. But it's not what he says. This is my son whom I love. Obey him. That would make sense. That's a good thing to do. But it's not what he said. He said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. What do we do when we find ourselves right there beholding the glory of God, seeing Jesus reveal himself as the God of glory and the God of the cross? What do we do? What is the way of Jesus for us? We listen to him. Yeah, it's that simple. We listen to him. Now. Be careful about this word. There's two different ways the Greek could be expressed here. It could be expressed in a way that meant, Jesus is about to speak, pay attention. But that's not the form that's used. The form that's used when this voice comes from heaven, the voice of the Father, saying, this is my Son, whom I love, listen to him, means be listening day after day. Be continually listening what do we do today as we find ourselves before the one who reveals himself to us as the God of glory and the God of the cross we listen and we can be so thankful that God has given us his word The entire Bible speaks of Jesus. The entire New Testament speaks of Jesus. And the four Gospels in particular, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, give us the words of Jesus. And one of the primary missions of the Holy Spirit of God is to take those words of Jesus and speak them deep into our souls. So you wonder what to do today as you find yourself before the God who reveals himself, Jesus who shows himself as the glorious son of God, as the God of the cross. What do you do? You open up Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you hear the words of Jesus. You listen to him from deep in your soul as the Holy Spirit takes those words and fills your heart. This is the way of Jesus. It's the way of Jesus revealing himself in glory and revealing himself as the one on the way to the cross. And the way of Jesus for us, it's simple. It's not making shelters. It's listening. Speak to me, Lord. Your servant listens.